it's, it's kind of like going to see the most bizarre freak show you'd ever want to see in your life. Yeah. Why do people go to freak shows? And our Jacob. It's the best freak show you can get. There's going to be, you know, there's going to be shit. There's going to be blood. There's going to be, you know, rape, beaten up, whatever's going on. It's going to be going on. I mean, you know, if you go see an R. Jacobs show, you pretty much know what you're in for. And if you can't handle it, you shouldn't be there in the first place. It's on Jacobs to America. Listening is your gears bringing new test on their podcast. You gotta step it up. Cause these two dudes are gonna tell you what's up. It's on Jacob to America. So let my room while I listen to episode of Jacob to America. It is good, you're gonna miss now. There's Nate, they might not be art. I think it's short for Arthur. It's podcast. Game of Thrones, that's a code, football did it, did it, natural born killer did it, unsolved mysteries did it, Halloween ghost stories did it, the gun show did it, they did those, yeah! other big names like Big Ben like Big Ben doesn't get those calls Cam Newton doesn't get those calls and like Cam Newton I know he's publicly complained about that and and he's right he's right to complain about it mm-hmm. like Tom Brady gets those calls way too much and people always like say like oh Tom Brady always has such a good offensive line in front of him but really it's because he's the most protected quarterback way by the NFL like you cannot breathe on that guy mm-hmm. or you'll get a flag on him like to get a sack on him, like a, a, a something that will go down in the record books as a sack on him, is such a big deal because he's so protected. Like you have to be on time so much. That's why when they did that, when they <clears throat> actually got that sack on him in the Super Bowl, I was like, oh my god, please don't let a flag come out on yeah. there or something like that. Because I was just like, oh my fucking god, this is how the Patriots come back and win. Even at that last play, like when he like hail married that you know that toss or whatever, and Gronk dropped it. Even though the clock read zero and there was a drop pass or whatever by Gronk, I was still like, okay, where's the flag at? Where's the penalty at? Where they're going to give him, like, fucking, you know, pass interference at the goal line with zero left. I'm just like, oh, shit, here it comes. You know, here's some bullshit in the yeah. Patriots' way. But when it didn't happen that way and the ball dropped and the Eagles won, I was, like, so relieved. Or yeah. It's like when Rocky finally beats Drogo at the end of, like, fucking e- <laughs> Rocky even when, Four. when, like, uh, Cooks catches that ball and he gets hit in the head and he, like, has to go off the field because he definitely had a concussion. He's not even mm-hmm. moving. I was thinking, oh, they're going to do helmet to helmet or some shit mm-hmm. and, like, move him all the way to, like, the 20-yard line, even though he was a runner at that point. Like, he's yeah. not a defenseless receiver. He was just didn't protect himself well. Mm-hmm. Um, like, any other team, like, those calls go against you. Mm-hmm. Patriots, for some reason, and I'm not saying it's a conspiracy. I'm just saying, like, they're a team that sells well. Oh, yeah. You know, there's always that team that, that whatever your best player is on, like, the Cavaliers will get the – the Cavaliers and the Warriors mm-hmm. will always get the calls because they're just the teams that the NBA like wants to protect because those are the hot teams right now, and like they're the they're the Golden State Warriors of of the NFL. Bubble, yeah. so. <clears throat> Anyways, congratulations, Philadelphia fans. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to episode thirty-four. Damn. The Shack number. 
The Walter Payton number. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Keep it football-related or whatever. But this is our is Valentine's. Is 32? Well, he started off 32 in Orlando. That's he... how I remember him. He's... I see him as a 32. Yeah, and then he went to L.A., 34. and He's then like 11 as a Celtic. No, he was like 39 or something. As a... <laughs> like, he has so many numbers. Yeah, it's always 30-something or whatever. But, yeah, 34 as a Laker fan, but... Um, this is our Valentine's Day episode. We're going to be talking about my bloody Valentine's. So it's kind of a continuation of our most one of our more popular episodes, a serial killer episode. So we're going to be talking about a couple serial killers here. My bloody Valentine. <clears throat> yeah. And they're, just, all, they're all love-spurned ones, yeah. too, to go with the, the holiday. Too. I love that band, by the way. My Bloody Valentine? Yeah. Oh, okay. I love that band. What was that movie you told me to watch one time, like Blue Valentine or something like that with Ryan Gosling? Um, like, yeah, I think it's Blue Valentine. Dude, like I watched the most that. depressing movie ever made. Yeah, dude. Everybody go watch that this Valentine's Day. That you don't have anyone depressing. special. <laughs> Doesn't the dog die in the first scene and then it's just like a downward spiral off of that? Yeah. You know, when you, right when you think nothing can be more depressing than that, like it gets more depressing. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, so all you single people out there that are listening, go ahead and watch that movie and be more depressed on Valentine's Day. But for us, with girlfriends, ah, we'll be yeah. thinking about you. Yeah. Maybe. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for all the feedback last episode. Oh, my God, man. I didn't know I didn't know Flat Earth was going to be like that touchy of a subject. Like you, We might as well have said like... We got... What, I, didn't, I didn't get any feedback. I still get... Like backlash on Star Wars. No, yeah, right. no. I we might as well have said like the N word like like uh, for a whole hour because like fucking every like day I'll get like a fucking like email or a Facebook message like talking about like the science is there, the Earth is flat, and uh, and I like literally got like into like this like thirty minute argument with this dude like over Instagram about like how all you're seeing are window panes that are curved that are explaining the curvature in the Earth, and I was like, all right, whatever, dude, if you say so. Yeah. You do you think your way? I'll think my way. Dude, but. you got hate on that i didn't get anything on that hey, probably because i control all social media yeah you for this. by the way if anyone is wondering who runs the instagram page it's jacob mm-hmm. i'll post on this facebook but it's mostly jacob as well yeah. i'm like only like 30 percent of what happens on facebook i actually don't care about <laughs> your if you're listening to this i don't care about your opinions <laughs> so, he's just yeah. the face of this place yeah I, I do not care you can hate was that dude that was like, oh, you guys are cool or something? I don't know. He commented oh, on something. Yeah, from the gym, yeah. <laughs> I was like. He's a cool guy. Yeah, and I was like, that's nice. I'm glad you like it, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I care. That's cool. I'm glad. Yeah, but anyways, thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> Even if you hate us <laughs> or hate us now, uh, just continue <laughs> to listen to us. That's basically a shout-out to that guy, so yeah. thank you for listening. In, in arts world, like that, that's a compliment right there. If he acknowledges your presence, like that's like a big thing. <laughs> dude like i literally thought art hated me for like four years or whatever when we worked together yeah i just do not enjoy talking to people yeah he has anti-social i don't enjoy talking to people about uninteresting shit and i do not like the ass kissing aspects of it so if you're gonna send compliments send them to jacob and i'm sure he'll appreciate him a lot more eat him up like a bowl of porridge don't give me compliments because i'll just say something like oh thanks you do look cute though in that hat i will say that blackhawk yeah you know that's like a mighty rival. Like, bring that shirt. I'll wear it more. I had a big <laughs> conversation about hats and haircuts. I'm gonna go get a haircut after this, but Ooh, that not to a good spoil. Time, big boy. I don't want to spoil it, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> With that said, what everybody, are we killing people. <laughs> yeah. We're done now. We're done. With that said, everybody, show. <laughs>
but no, <laughs> like so good about it. It's like it's like it looks like it, it would cost a lot more than it actually is. Yeah. It was in that old pizza place, uh, Pizza Lovelos, which yeah. looked pretty like ghetto in there. Yeah. Like towards the end, and then they took over and made it look like it was like a five star fucking establishment. Like it was like Patrick Bateman would eat there, like it's Dorsey or something like that. Yeah. I've been there. That's pretty, pretty nice, man. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I want my whole house to look like a sushi restaurant. Dude, you gotta dim the lights. Mm-hmm. You gotta paint the walls like maroon and put like dark <laughs> oak everywhere. <laughs> and plant like cherry blossom trees and yeah, shit. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I like that place. Yeah. But speaking of Patrick Bateman, I guess we're gonna be talking about serial killers. Ser- romantic, romantic serial, serial killers. killers. It's Valentine's Day. Valentine's week. Happy Valentine's week. Um, so what are you going to do for Valentine's Day before we talk about bloodlust? I don't know, man. When's this episode going to get released? Probably tonight. Oh, then I'm not going to tell you. No, oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a surprise? Not anymore. <laughs> okay. You just keep God bringing it up. Damn it. Okay, well, anyways. <laughs> I'm going to be on TV during <laughs> Valentine's Day. You are? What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, dude, the WWE is coming. And I'm gonna be on SmackDown Live. Oh, I got on. front row tickets, dude. So, <laughs> by the way, I was gonna ask you, can you like DVR that for me so yeah. I can watch? What myself? is it? SmackDown? SmackDown. What channel is that on? Uh, AM, AMC? No, USA now. I was gonna say U. I was gonna UPN. Say, I was gonna say UPN, but no. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Just yeah. text me the day of. I, I'm gonna definitely forget. <laughs> okay. But yeah, let me know. That sounds cool. All That's right. a Wednesday. Wednesday's coming to town. Oh no 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 no! Then it was Tuesday then. So okay, Wednesday, the, the gotta... day before Valentine's Day. Yeah, so we're probably gonna go to Jay's place. Oh okay. Mm-hmm. Eat some chicken and waffles. That's cool, man. Anyways, um, <laughs> so yeah, you wanna? What do we do? Shout outs or something? Like, hey, what's up? Taco Bell, thanks for sponsoring us. No, we'll do that. <laughs> we'll do that during the intro. This is just a show show. Oh, okay. All right. So then I don't know if you want to begin. I guess so. So uh, <laughs> lately, uh, speaking of Valentine's Day, shout out to my girlfriend, Perla. Um, we've been watching uh, American uh, Crime Story or whatever, season two. First season, they were talking about the O.J. Simpson uh, trial, and I guess it won a bunch of awards and shit. And so they uh, did a, a second season, and it was called The Assassination <laughs> Why are you laughing? No, I'm just still thinking about that Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Anyways, <laughs> the assassination of Johnny Versace. Versace, Versace, Versace. Manolo was like I was on my body. Versace, Versace, Versace. Mm. Okay. Anyways, now that I got that out of my system. But anyways, like it would, um, I for I had forgot um what that was all about. I guess like during the summer of '97. I don't know. I remember this too. Like, like remember like extra like like that TV show that would come on. Oh like, yeah. Like on the UPN, speaking of UPN, or I whatever. thought it was like Channel Seventeen, KT. Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. People, I don't know. Go ahead. People in Guatemala don't give a shit about that. Yeah. But anyway, so like I remember, like during that whole summer, like they were looking for this serial killer, Andrew Cunanan or whatever. And like every, I just remember being like, like the way they portrayed it was like he can kill at any moment, and because like he was going, I guess, across country, just like the way they were per, um, describing, it was just randomly killing people, and it all cultivated like. When he finally made it to uh, Miami, um, and he killed uh, Johnny Versace, and then he ended up killing himself. Spoiler alert: Johnny Versace, the fashion designer. Yes, the handsome oh. ha- uh, Italian fashion designer. Okay. Yeah, and um, so I, that's what I'm gonna talk about. So I'm gonna talk about that, and then you're gonna tell me two stories, and then yeah, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna give you the little breaks in between Jacob's story. Yeah, because mine's pretty long. Like, it's in-depth. So none of this was... It didn't seem was very random, but uh, Andrew Cunanan was uh, a gay man. 
uh, born and raised in, I guess, San Diego or whatever, to a pretty affluent family. His dad um, was immigrated from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and he married like an, a very uh, sexy Italian woman. And uh, they had like this big family or whatever. Very. He was know, gay. And he was married to an Italian woman. No, no, no. His dad wasn't gay. Oh. Andrew was gay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just <laughs> Checks woke up. Out. I just woke up. I'm having my first cup of coffee. So, um, but anyways, so they lived in San Diego. To and he lived with a very affluent family or whatever. Four brothers, and he was the baby of the the family. So like the way the family describes it, he got everything he wanted, and he was basically a spoiled brat. And um, so they enrolled him into the best school in San Diego. And um, he was known for being, like, very, like, intelligent and very, you know, witty and bratty or whatever. And I guess, like, um, at the end of his, like, high school run, he got voted um, most likely to be remembered or whatever. And I guess his high school quote was all in French. And then basically, I'm not even going to attempt to say what it says, but it said, after me, the flood, but in French. But you can Google translate that however you want. So the beat, le flood. Yes, so... I don't want to show off, but speak pretty good French. Damn. <laughs> Sexy man over here. But, um, yeah, so he had a IQ of 146, and um, he was known to be, like, a very notorious um, liar. And so he would lie about how he came from, like, Philippine royalty or whatever, and, like, just to get over, like, with all these, like, rich kids. That he went, <laughs> went Philippine school. royalty? I just, like, imagine, like, these monkeys <laughs> dressed as, like, like, gold armor and stuff. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I guess I it worked know. for him, though, yeah. but, like... He, um, he, his lies would get him in like these like social crowds where like he was very like these rich kid crowds or whatever. And he would like make friends with very powerful and rich people. And like he would get, um, you know, weekend trips, you know, to, um, overseas to like these gorgeous like vias and stuff like that. And these long extravagant boat trips, you know, with like his rich friends, dads and stuff like that. And so then, um, he went to school in San Diego, to college in San Diego and he dropped out. And he moved up to San Francisco, where allegedly uh, he made friends with uh, Johnny Versace, because uh, I guess he was doing costume design for some play up there. And um, that's when he started working as a male escort. Mm-hmm. And so he, you know, would do that for a while, where he started like hanging around like older rich men, you know, getting whatever he wanted, you know, just basically being like taken care of, you know, mm-hmm. a kept man, if you will. And so. Um, he got involved with, uh, I forgot who the, the guy is or whatever. They didn't really go over it. Like every documentary I would try to watch, they didn't really get into it. But he got into a relationship with like this really old dude that was like 70 years old or whatever. Donald Trump. Yes. It might have been, actually. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to confirm it. Yeah. I, I just fact checked it. We're going to start a rumor today. It was Donald Trump. So. It was definitely Donald Trump. So Donald it. Trump, he got into a relationship <laughs> with Donald Trump. And, um, you know, he took care of him he didn't work or do anything but basically he went from this you know very handsome you know gay man you know mm-hmm. that had the world in on um, the palm of his hand and he became very lazy became fat overdid drugs or whatever and basically donald trump <laughs> or the older <laughs> yeah, man yeah. whatever trump. broke up with him because he's like no you're getting too ugly i don't you are want- too ugly i can't do it you're trump you're fired you're fired you're, you're, you're too f- ugly yeah so I guess it sent him in this weird spiral. So he goes back and lives with his family or whatever. And then all of a sudden his dad leaves the family and takes Andrew with him to the Philippines. And so they go over to the Philippines and he's just like disgusted by like what his home country actually looks like. Mm-hmm. Comes back to America and starts a relationship with uh, David Madsen, who is like this aspiring like architect. 
who he falls madly in love with or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess David also had a friend, uh, Jeffrey Trail, um, who Andrew suspected was he, they were having an affair with or whatever. So it was just like this little, you know, love triangle or whatever. And so um, David moves up to Minnesota to pursue, you know, his architecture career. And he starts like this beautiful life, you know, he gets a really good job and, you know, has this gorgeous, you know, uh, apartment, you know, in like downtown Minnesota or whatever. Breaks up with Andrew because, you know, it's like, you know, Andrew's this, this, this asshole is basically just like living off people or whatever. And, yeah. You know, it's full of lies and stuff. And so he moves. And I guess like, Jeffrey, that other guy, I guess they say like they're just friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. He moves up there with them, you know, separately. You know, they don't live together or whatever, but, you know, he moves up to Minnesota with them. So Andrew, being the jealous boyfriend or ex-boyfriend he, he is, uh, follows him up there and uh, moves in to his uh, apartment with David, you know, just as roommates or whatever, but still very much like, hey, you know, I want to make things right. I want to work things out or whatever. But he keeps suspecting that him and David and Jeffrey are having this affair. Mm-hmm. And so one night, I guess, he gets pissed off at, you know, something that he finds, like, in uh, David's workspace. And um, invites Jeffrey over and says, hey, like, we all need to talk. We all need to, you know, be civil about all this. And, you know, hey, we all just need to be friends. And so as soon as uh, Jeffrey comes over, um, Andrew, like, beats him to death with a hammer claw. Fuck. Uh, I guess like they they said it was like thirty seven times or whatever, uh-huh. and just bludges him to where he's like unrecognizable, and then like rolls him up into like uh, an area rug uh-huh. and like hides him behind the couch. Uh-huh. And then David comes home, you know, from walking his dog or whatever, and comes home and just sees blood everywhere, and he's like, "What the fuck happened? What did you do, Andrew?" And he goes, "I did it for us. I did it for us." And so he's like, for us, what, like what, we're, we're, we're not together. Like, you're just here to get on your feet again. Like, we're just roommates. And he was like, no, like, this is going to look bad for you and for me. Like, I'll do 10 years, but you'll, you know, you'll be, you know, your career will be ruined. So you need to run away to Mexico with me. So in like his sick, demented head, he think he was thinking he was going to murder this guy, convince David to, you know, run away with him because he would be basically a, mur- a, a accomplice to murder or whatever. And so he basically kidnaps David and um, says, you know, they're going to run away to Mexico together and live out the rest of their life romantically, you know, yeah. on the run or whatever. He like, had this, like, sick, like, Bonnie and Clyde, like, image in his head. That's the end of True Detective Season 2. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't make it through <laughs> that Season 2. That Season 2 sucks. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. So anyway, <laughs> Season 1's awesome. Yeah, Season fun. 1's amazing. Yeah, we could talk about that one next episode. But, um, so anyways, um, David, you know, the whole time is trying to get a hold of the authorities or whatever, however way, which way he can. And then eventually Andrew just gets frustrated and takes him out to, uh, some random lake and like just shoots him in the back of the head. And then this starts the, this killing spree that will culminate at the end of this episode. Okay. So So. do you want me to tell my, yeah, go ahead. Okay. So I have two stories. The first one is, let me find it. Um, Charlie Brandt. Uh, okay, so Charlie Brandt. Uh, so I, I was doing some Googling because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I, I couldn't think of anything. So I looked up. I found Charlie Brandt, who is known as the Victoria's Secret Killer. The Victoria's Secret Killer? Yeah. Dude, that sounds sexy. So, yeah, so. Would he, wait, hold so, on. Let me ask you this. Did he wear Victoria's Secret while he killed people? No. Like panties? No, no. Damn it. So Charlie Brandt. Uh, so like. 
I'm going to tell it in like the way the police would learn of this story. So Charlie Brandt was pretty much the most like normal dude in the world. Um, he gets married in 1986 to, I don't know what her first last name or her original last name, but her name was Terry. Um, so Terry Trump, Terry Trump. So she, he marries Terry. All of Terry's friends love Charlie. They're like, this guy's the greatest. He's so, he's so caring and loving. And there's even like a quote, like in their, like on their, like that one of their friends gave to him is like, Oh, if I can ever find a man that loves me as much as Charlie loves you, I'll be just as happy as you are. And it's just, it just seems like the most perfect marriage ever. And everyone's like really happy. They all, they all love him Cause he's such a, like, seems like such a loving guy. Mm-hmm. Their lives seem pretty much perfect. And this is 1996 fast forward all the way to 2004. And they live in the Florida keys, by the way. So they're like down there in Florida. In 2004... God damn, the 90s in Florida are such a violent place. Yeah, so in 2004... So they're living there the whole time, right? Mm-hmm. In 2004, uh, Hurricane Ivan is about to hit the the Florida Keys. So they're forced to evacuate. So they have a niece. Their niece's name uh, Michelle Jones. Michelle Jones tells them, Hey, just come up to Orlando with me, and you guys can stay here and ride out the hurricane and then go back to the Keys whenever the hurricane passes. So... Um, Charlie and his wife go up there and they, they love Michelle like that, you know, they've seen Michelle grow up. So like, that's like their favorite niece. And like, again, uh, Charlie and Terry are like the perfect couple that everybody loves. So she's like more than excited to have them over. And then, um, um, this like weird thing, I guess Charlie used to call Michelle Victoria's Secret. Oh, wow. He would call it, like, that was a nickname for her. And they actually don't never elaborate why that is, but it'll become ironic later on. Okay. So, um, um, so while they're there, they're living. Oh, did you want to pause it? Fuck. The serial killer is at my house. I get mugged a lot by Boy Scouts. God damn it. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm sorry. I'm a Christian. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, going back to uh, Charlie and Terry. So they're staying with their niece, uh, Michelle Jones, who is like this well-adjusted 36-year-old girl that's um, working. She actually works for the Golf Channel Mm because, you know, they're living in Orlando, and Orlando has a lot of golf courses. It's basically like this golf course wonderland. Mm -hmm. So she's like kind of stationed in in Orlando. So she's kind of popular, and she has a lot of friends and very like normal young 36-year-old with her whole life ahead of her. So, um, um. One day, um, um, Michelle's mom starts getting concerned because she hasn't heard from Michelle. And she's like, well, it's been like three days now. I haven't heard anything from her. So she's calling and calling and calling. Eventually, she tells Michelle's best friend, like, hey, could you go over there and check up on her? Or like, have you heard from her? She's like, no, actually, I haven't heard from her either. It's kind of weird that she hasn't responded to my calls. I just thought she's been caught up, like, filming or something for the Golf Channel or something. Yeah. So then... Um, She's like, no, I haven't heard from her. And that's been like three days. And this is not like her. Like she's usually that they described her as a type of person that would call people back in like 30 minutes if she missed a call. Yeah. So they're all kind of concerned. So then Michelle's best friend goes over there um, as Michelle's best friend only has entrance to the garage because she doesn't have entrance to the front door. So she goes into the garage. She finds Charlie hung from hung from the top of the garage. 
Oh, shit. And because of the humidity, like, Florida humidity is, like, fucking crazy. Yeah. His body is, like, severely decomposed uh. at this point. So his body's been decomposing, hang, hung in there. She yeah. runs out, calls the police, um, and she, um, this is, like, early days of cell phones, like, 2004. So she's, like, I'm sure she's flipping through her Motorola razor at this oh, point. Oh, my God, yeah. So she's, like, oh, my God, I just, I've, there's a dead body, and, and she just doesn't even go in there. She doesn't explore the house. The police show up, right? So Michelle's friend is hanging out outside of the house. And as the police go in, she sees that the police run out because the police are, like, freaked out by what they oh, just fuck. saw. So then here's what the police saw. So as the police go in and they see Charlie's body, like, a decomposed body there, um, then they go into the living room to find Charlie's wife, Terry, stabbed in the chest seven times. Mm. So it's like, okay, weird enough. Then they go into um, the bedroom, Michelle's bedroom, and they see that Michelle's head has been... Uh, severed and put put like on a like a little shelf he combs her hair does her like hair like so he props it up so he can see to make it look like she's viewing her own body as he like removes her arms and her legs like kind of separates it all like a doll oh my god and like surgical precision removes her heart removes her organs and so like the police are like holy shit like there's no way this is his first time doing this because oh also the thing that makes this all ironic is that he takes Victoria's Secret lingerie and like puts it all around, oh my god, all around the body, and symbolism. so symbolism, mm. and so um, satanic symbolism it, by the liberals. It comes full circle. The reptilians are among us. <laughs> George Soros <laughs> with so, a homoerotic mustache. Yeah. So actually, I don't think he had a mustache. Did he have a homoerotic oh, mustache? If he had a mustache, this would have been perfect. He doesn't. I don't think he does. We I'll can Google. draw one on, like when I like post this shit yeah. to like the fucking uh, Instagram page. We'll, oh. we'll Google. We'll Google his pictures. I can't. I'm blinking out on his pictures. But um, I'll add it. So then they're like, "Holy shit! There's no way that um, this is his first time killing." So then they go back to his house. They find journals, and his wife's journals and his wife's journals are basically like, Charlie's been missing a few days now. I wonder what's going on. And like, but for the most part, there's been never been any red flags other than the fact that he's been missing. Then they go through Charlie's stuff. They find like tons of medical journals and like, um, human dissection books and like women's anatomy and things like that. And so they're like, Holy shit. Um, through all this research, they go and they ask his sister and they're like, Hey, has Charlie ever like shown any signs of like, of like this like psychopath type behavior or whatever. And then she's like, yeah, actually when we were kids, he shot my pregnant mom in the bathtub and then shot my dad in the back. Did he kill him? No, his dad lived. His mom died. Like his, he killed his mom, but they just put him in like two years of like therapy to like get over it. And then they deemed him like mentally stable enough to like go on for the rest of his life. Oh my God. So, um, they're like, holy shit, like, well, he's done, he's gone and done it again. <laughs> Michael Myers is out again. Basically, when I was, yeah. when I was doing this, I was like, this is pretty much Michael Myers. Yeah. So then they, they're like, holy shit, like, the way he did these, like, surgically, like, like, precise incisions to, like, the arms and the, the heart removal and all this stuff, they eventually link him to, like, at least two other murders, like, for sure two other murders, because oh. he was in those, living in those towns at the time where those murders happened. Wow. And so, um, pretty much the police were just like, everyone was just like blown away from by this. Cause he was such a like normal, like loving mm-hmm. guy. And, um, yeah, 
He stole people's hearts. Hearts in lingerie. Very Valentine. I thought that was fitting because it's My like bloody hearts. Valentine. Yeah. <laughs> um, did, did he get convicted and all that good shit? He was dead. He. Oh. He, uh, <laughs> duh, Jacob. Yeah. Sorry, duh. man. He did. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you. I, Shot through the heart. You're to blame. Yeah. You was, give love yeah, a bad never name. Any time. What I think happened is he killed his niece. And then his wife was like, oh, my God, what have you done, Charlie? Mm-hmm. And then he, like, stabbed his wife in the chest like, seven times or whatever. Because that seems more like, in the moment, like, stab, 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 mm-hmm. stab, stab. But the other one looked like he took his time with. So, I don't know. Just saying, man. Pretty crazy shit. All right, man. You ready for your Well, speaking of crazy shit, two? I am so glad that you brought that up. Because the continuation of Andrew Cunanan's murder spree in the summer of 1997 mm-hmm. continues. So, um... We left off. He shoots his ex-boyfriend, David Madsen, in the back of the head or whatever. And so he he's wanted locally now because, you know, the, the apartment manager, you know, walks into uh, the apartment and is just, like, baffled by what they see. They find a bunch of, you know, Andrew Cunanan's belongings. They find steroids, too. That's, like, one of the... Um, Gateway drugs to a homosexual lifestyle. Exactly. That's why, you know... Yeah. Bros at the gym. They're Fact. always like... Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so that's like one of the motives they think that could have caused him to um, go over the top is that he was roid raging, you know, because yeah. he was just a small, like little dainty, like um, Filipino royalty. Yeah, Filipino kid, <laughs> half Filipino, half Italian kid. You know, he was very, you know, small. So you know, maybe he was, you know, he was so heartbroken by that Donald Trump old man that you know he started bulking up, bro, trying to get those quads big. Yeah. That you know he started taking roids or whatever. I don't know. Nobody can confirm or deny that. But so, anyways. Um, they he gets identified as a suspect in these murders, and um, he goes on the run. And so this all happened in Minnesota. And so he's driving, and he goes to Chicago, and he starts living as a male escort. And what happens is is not clear what the the TV show and what like the actual reports is is kind of conflicting, but. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story here. Mm-hmm. So Lee Miglin, um, he was a real estate tycoon in Chicago. Like, you know, he um, was even, you know, going to build one of the tallest buildings in Chicago. It was going to be the Miglin Tower, uh, Space Tower or whatever. And it was um, going to eclipse the, you know, Sears Tower or whatever the like, tallest building was it's at the, the time. Sears Tower. Damn. Yeah, yeah it was the like. The Sears it, Tower is actually the tallest building in the United States now. Mm-hmm. After the Twin Towers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I'm a Christian. Yeah, and so Lee Miglin was this um, hardcore Christian, and the way the um, the TV show describes him, you know, he's a conflicted soul that lived, you know, publicly as you know a devout Catholic, you know, who had this, um, you know, loving relationship with his wife, who was like she sold like like housewife perfume like on QVC and stuff, and mm-hmm. she's still on there too, like she's wow. still like on the Home Shopping Network and sells like all this like you know, stay-at-home mom, you know, products and stuff like that. So, like, they had, like, this, like, cozy life, you know, and he was this big-time real estate magnet or whatever. But the television show suggests that he lived, like, this double life as a homosexual man. And um, a couple of, like, because I was trying to get my facts straight on this because, like I said, what the TV show shows and what the actual truth is is kind of a little bit dramatized. And, you know, there are some reports, like, locally by some of the, um, you know, male escorts at the time said that, yeah, there was a guy named Lee who would, you know, call up, you know, you know male escorts to come to his house. And a couple of, um, um, of his neighbors even said, yeah, there was, like, you know, this, like, you know, uh, you know 
skinny, you know, dark featured male in a baseball cap, which, you know, would be identified as Andrew Cunanan, you know, who would come by, you know, every so often to his house, like when his wife would take off, you know, go shoot, you know, promos for her own shopping line products. Yeah. And so what happened with Lee is here is um, they suggest that, you know, after, you know, Andrew killed David, Lee was called up and, you know, he was going to let um, Andrew stay at the home you know, while his wife was away, you know, just to hide out for a little while. He didn't know that he um, killed David, uh, but he was just going to let him stay there, you know, have a little hanky-panky going on, if you will. Yeah. Um, and what ended up happening is, is um, Andrew kills Lee Miglin. Now, the way he killed him was, is kind of like a S&M bondage type of situation. Right. And so... <laughs> what ended very, up, very casual. Mm-hmm, yeah, very casual, very casual, very loving, very tender, yeah. but... um. So what he did is, is he he tied um, Lee Miglin up um, with some extension cords in the garage, you know, bound his wrists, bound his uh, legs, um, and then taped his head around with um, a whole roll of scotch tape, or not scotch tape, but uh, duct tape, and um, only poked holes in the nostrils for Fuck. him to breathe. So um, they described it later when they found Andrew's um, journals as it was uh, part of like these s m mask that he was fascinated with where it's like almost like erotic fi- erotic asphyxiation or something like that yeah, auto erotic asphyxiation correct yeah where you can barely breathe but like yeah. you're, you're having all this like sexual stuff being done to you so yeah. where you're almost at the end of your uh your life basically <laughs> so um he did that to um lee um and they said that the way he killed him was is he he dropped bags of cement on him over and over again um crushing all of his ribs and then you know bludging in his face stabbed him with a screwdriver at least 27 to 37 times or something like that and then finally like they think what actually for sure killed him was is he took one of those like hacksaws garden hacksaws and um sliced open um lee's throat Mm -hmm. with a with a hacksaw and um they said when they, the police found his body, um, he was littered with, you know, homosexual pornography. Um, the body was dressed in um, male um, Calvin Klein bikini underwear. So it was like they were, like, having, like, very kinky sex or whatever. Yeah. Or what the family is trying to say is that, you know, Andrew, you know, tried to, you know, disgrace, like, um, Lee's image by, you know, that framing sounds, him. That sounds to me like what it was more than anything. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of psychologists and experts are saying, okay, he would. There might have been a relationship or some kind of contact with Lee, yeah. Uh, because, you know, like I said in the beginning, you know, Andrew would go around to these rich, wealthy, older men, you know, and get what the, he needed from them, um, give them what they wanted as well, you know, sexual favors or whatnot. And then finally, when he got his heart broke by the Donald Trump guy, you know, yeah. he kind of just like went on a rage or whatever, and like he was projecting all of his, you know frustrations out on Lee Miglin, you know, trying to disgrace, you know, this very prominent person in society, which ties into a later um, event later on. All of these crimes could have been percent prevented if Donald Trump would have just locked that shit down. <laughs> just put a ring on it. <laughs> if you really liked it, you should just have put a ring. stop Trump. Just stop trying to run for president. Just put a ring on Kunanen. 
you know what's even more hilarious is when you like watch like old like news coverage of this yeah like no no news like no older white news coverage guy could ever say his name right it was always kunani kunananan and stuff like that like they can, it's such an easy name to spell but like he's just like kuninian like like andrew yeah. kuninian is on the run or whatever yeah but anyways so <laughs> after police find his body yeah. um lee miglin's body he, he gets on the fbi's most wanted list so not only is, is he wanted by the minnesota uh, you know authorities he makes it onto the fbi's most wanted <laughs> list minnesota authorities i just imagine like dudes and like big like fargo, fargo. like i just imagine, <laughs> oh yeah i bet you oh you know we found the we found the gay lovers yeah mm, i bet you mm. oh, on the lake on oshkosh you know okay well let's take a break <laughs> I can see that. It's like 30 months later. Make oh, sure you find uh, everybody who has a wood chipper, eh? Uh, oh, okay. He used an axe? No, no, he didn't. He used a bondage mask. Okay. <laughs> and he was uncircumcised. Okay. Oh, he's a poor fella. But, anyways, so he still uh, Lee Miglin's car. And um, the way authorities know it was Lee Miglin's car is because Andrew was making all these uh, cell phone calls from Lee Miglin's uh, old ass, like 1997 car phone or whatever. And so they would every time. So nineties. Yeah, and so <laughs> they knew it was him because like the car phone would ping like at the cell phone towers, and you know at that time you know cell phones weren't a huge thing, yeah. but like so anytime a cell phone tower would ping, it would be really easy to track. And so I guess um, authorities were trying to keep that under wrap, like hey, we're following him. He looks like he's heading towards New York, and so he went from Chicago and he was driving all the way to New York. And authorities were tr- gonna set up you know blockades like at some terminal or whatever to catch him or whatever. Well, anyway, some dumbass in the media leaks that, oh, okay, the authorities are tracking him through his cell phone. So Andrew pulls over, pulls out the cell phone, throws it, and he gets all the way to New Jersey, and he knows he that, you know, the authorities are looking for that car. So he goes to a federal cemetery, like like one of those old-ass ones that, you know, from like the 1700s or whatever, and um, follows the one of the caretakers around, um, stalks him and follows them so the cemetery is uh basically like a, a park you know nobody is you know recently gonna get you know buried there because you know it's just for historical purposes yeah and so the only person is gonna be there is the caretaker so what he does is, is he's trying to steal his car but the guy won't let him steal it and so what he does is he somehow in his roid rage you know his gay roid rage yeah <laughs> he gets him Takes him to the bake, uh, basement, shoots him in the back of the head, and steals his uh, red pickup. That'll do it. Yeah, and so that was his fourth murder. So, And from there, he disappears again. All right. All right. Do you want me to... Yeah, go, right. go okay. to your other one. So, so your guy's name is pretty hard to pronounce. This next guy I'm going to do... Kunani. Kunani. Kunani with the Punani. So, yeah, this one's... I don't even know how. How would you pronounce this first name? It's I S S E I. E C. E C. Let me see. E C. Shangguan. Okay, I have to do this all the time for my job. So let me see. Uh, hello, Mister E C. E C. Sagawa. Okay, so Mister. Or Isai. Isai Sagawa. We'll go with Sagawa. We'll just call him Mister Sagawa. Sagawa Trump. All right, so Mr. Donald Trump, Sagawa <laughs> Trump, <laughs> Japanese equivalent. So um, he's a Japanese student. Um, he goes to France to study abroad, which is already a red flag. Mm. Like, why would you study abroad? 
So anyways, he goes... <laughs> I don't trust anybody that studies abroad. <laughs> just stay in the homeland, you son of a bitch. Cal State offers all the same <laughs> programs, you son of a bitch. Yeah, it's like at that point, you're just being like fucking... You mean extra. Stop being fancy. I was going to say extra, but mm-hmm. you're trying to be fucking fancy. Mm-hmm. Like, cut that shit out. You ain't impressing me. You can... Anything... You can find anywhere on the globe. Just you can look it up on YouTube. You're still going to end up as a sales representative at Dunder Mifflin anyways. Yeah, Come on so now. Don't worry about it. Just fucking save up. <laughs> so anyways, when he's studying abroad, he meets a young lady named Renee Hurtbelt. And her name is so much easier to pronounce. Oh, thank so, God. Um, so he meets Renee. He asks out Renee. Renee keeps turning him down. He's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And so he's like, well, could you at least tutor me, um, tutor, tutor me in French? So she's like, yeah, I can tutor you in French. So she's tutoring him. Eventually, he still he like wears her down, and she's like, okay, I'll go out on a date with you. And so he's like, oh, okay, just um, come over, and I'll make you dinner, and that'll be the date. And we could study some French after. So she she's like, all right, that sounds like pretty fucking normal. Mm-hmm. I'd do it. So, so it's just like, oh, free food and... And I think she was getting paid to tutor him. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I definitely So do it's it. like a paid date. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... But aren't all dates like that? For yes. women? For women? Paid dates? Yeah. At least the first one. Yeah. If the if the dude doesn't pay for your first date, then... It was a mess. Then dump that loser. Mm, girl shoot. You're an independent woman. You don't need that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, um... He's just become like obsessed with her at this point. He keeps reading all these poems and he's just like trying to impress her with all this like poems that he's reading and he's writing these like creepy poems. And like eventually he comes to the conclusion that the only way that they'll ever become one, like more than in a marriage or any other way, is that if he kills her and eats her body. Oh my God. So he has this whole elaborate plan that. He's going to have her come over. And he is preparing food. <laughs> so this is over the weekend now. So this is like a Friday night. So he has her come over. Um, he like bludgeons her to death, which I'm not sure. What, it's just like he just hits her to death until she's mm-hmm. dead. Then he takes her body, cuts it into pieces, and like begins to eat it. He does this over the weekend. So... Obviously Monday, I think they have class on Monday. So he's like, I gotta, get, I gotta get rid of all these leftovers because he could only eat so much over the weekend. So um, he puts all her leftover body parts in suitcases, and he's gonna go to the park. He's gonna go dump it in a park. Oh my god! So he's getting away with it so far. He's just like, no one for some reason, no one's asked about her at all. And um, well, it is like the '70s, so like you know pre-cell phone era and like yeah anyway so um so he goes and he's dumping the bodies and then this cab driver sees him and he's like hey you need a ride i see you have all this luggage and then he's like no no i don't need it no, it reminds no. me of american uh psycho where patrick bateman's like carrying like that big like fucking like uh bag with the body in it or whatever yeah paul allen's body or whatever yeah. and then like oh my god that is such a good is nice- that an armani yeah or whatever he goes, John Paul Gaultier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the cab driver's like, no, no, well, let me help you with that. Where are you going? And he's like, I'll just give you a ride. I'm like, because the, the cab driver has nothing going on. And it's like the middle of the night. And he's like walking around with suitcases. So it's like Sunday night before school. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, he's like, no, no, just stay away from me. 
And then he's like, holy shit, your suitcases are, like, bloodied. So this the cab driver, like, calls this, like, person because they have the intercoms or whatever. So he calls the police through his intercom. The police catch him. They find the leftover, like, body parts in his suitcase. So anyways, they're just like, holy shit. Like, you killed this girl and you ate her. And now he goes to trial. And this is actually where it starts getting more interesting, which... I thought that was interesting enough, but this is actually where this stuff gets interesting. Oh, my God. Okay. So, so the trial starts off, and then they're like, well, um, I'm sorry. He's chi- uh, he's Chinese, not Japanese. Oh, okay. Sorry. That's going to become- fucking racist. I swear, man. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. And you know what? You're one to talk, because just yesterday, we were talking about how everyone gets you confused as somebody that's like Asian. Filipino? Looking. Yeah. Yeah, people always think I'm Filipino. Um, But uh, <laughs> that's not racist. It's just I'm like- just <laughs> I confuse, In 2018, it is. I always confuse this dude at work who is um, Salvadorian. I always tell him that he's Mexican. He's like, I'm not fucking Mexican, man. I'm Salvadorian. And I'm like, dude, you're fucking Mexican. You're like, you're like Southern Mexican then. And he's just like, no, I'm fucking Salvadorian. And I'm like, no, you're Mexican. Anyways. <laughs> um, so um, uh, the trial begins. And the Chinese government is like, no, you cannot. You cannot try him. He is a she's a Chinese citizen. Just deport him back to us. Oh wow! So France is like, okay, we'll oblige to that, but you have to give him a trial in China. So they're like, yeah, we'll try him here. So like they they deport him to China, and um, once he gets to China, they're like, oh, you were just like randomly, you were just insane for a temporary time. So they give him six months of like therapy, and then they're like. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just a normal dude. And so um, they just released him after six months. They just, nothing happens. He never served any jail time. And then he starts becoming a celebrity in China. Like, people are just, like, so fascinated by him. So, like, they start putting him in. Kind of like the old Charles Manson thing. Charles Bronson? Manson. Like, you know how, like, Manson became, like, this pop culture icon or whatever after, like, all that? Um... Kind of, except this guy starts, he's not in jail, and he starts being, like, their biggest movie star. Oh, and, and so then, he's, like, in movies and yeah, shit. Yeah, so he's, like, a movie guy. He gets his own TV show. Eventually, he becomes, like, this, like, he has his own brand of, like, pornography where he, like, it's kind of, like, role-playing where he, like, starts eating girls. And so, like, he just becomes, like, this ultra-celebrity in China. And, um, if, you know, like, years later, I, I think, like, two years ago, you know that vice uh video magazine uh-huh. that travels the globe they interview him and he's like oh yeah i've had a i've had a really rough life uh, it's been rough being like the only thing i'm known for is being a cannibal and it's just such a tough life i it's been it's been my burden that i have to live with even though he's made his entire living off of like yeah. being this cannibal but yeah he he was super he's like one of their biggest celebrities of all time the rolling stones have a song called too much blood and it's about him holy shit so like and it basically tells the story of like his crime of like taking that girl and like eating her body and then getting caught by the cab driver it's actually one of my favorite rolling stone songs and that's why i want to do this story oh my god but yeah he's like this ultra song (laughs) yeah we should do that put it at some point but yeah too much blood by the rolling stones it's it's fucking it's a fucking like brilliant ass like song and when you know that it's based off like a real story 
it's takes it to that next level type shit, man. So does he do more cannibalism after that, or like after he never does? Not to anyone's knowledge, he's okay. ever done cannibalism. But he does do like that ritualistic, like adult film industry where he like takes a girl and like pretends to eat her. Oh wow! And so he is very famous for that. He's yeah. like he's their Ron Jeremy. So. <laughs> he actually might be a little bit better looking than Ron Jeremy. But no, trust me, he's not. Oh, okay. He is quite a gross looking man. I don't even want to look now. No, he is. <laughs> he is gross. He did not age. Well, not that even when he was young, mm-hmm. he looked like a Simpsons character. Oh, really? And now that he's older, he looks like Grandpa Simpson, but like an Asian <laughs> Grandpa Simpson. It looks so bad. I invented the question mark. And he's still doing that shit. Like as an old man, he's oh, still God. like, that's like his one trick pony where he like, like has pictures of him like biting women's legs and stuff like that it's just like fetish man fetish shit that's disgusting this is chinese though yeah chinese okay because japanese culture they do have like a whole like sub genre of crazy crap like that like it'll be like in comic books or whatever like oh yeah japanese comic books are like fucking far out there shit. yeah that's why like when you said japanese i was like okay that makes sense or whatever so but All right, that might so to end the Andrew Cunanan thing, it's not that deep, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no well, I guess there's some song. Modest Mouse had a song about Andrew Cunanan, but I didn't bother to listen to oh. it. But hey, my is bag, baby. shit, shit luck. This plane is definitely crashing. I don't know. I don't know. I never heard that. You oh. know, I was too busy listening to Tupac. Oh. It's a good song. <laughs> I don't know. I'll take your word for it. How about that? But anyways, so. <laughs> So Andrew is uh he's we left off he's on the run again and this time he made the FBI's ten most wanted list yeah. so he's being covered by everybody at this time period he's on America's Most Wanted he's on all the news stations almost regularly and this is where me as like a little kid like I'm like probably like seven or eight years old um, my mom was pretty fucking sick to say shit like this because I remember okay going back to the original serial killer episode mm-hmm. where like she would say you need to go to bed or Jeffrey Dahmer's gonna come and eat you and I remember like oh fuck and like I would hide under the covers yeah and so I'm not much older now at this point and I remember my mom saying hey you need to finish your food and take a shower and go to bed now because Andrew Cunanan could be anywhere and he might be coming to get you next and I was like oh fuck. And I just remember like just hiding in my bedroom or whatever yeah. and like like placing like this like treasure chest like I had in front of my bed. I remember like moving it in front of my door so that way like anybody that tried to get in, like it'd be a struggle for him to get in. Dude, you know what I think about all the time? Like you know, whenever you're downtown or whatever, uh-huh. or, like you know, you're in these like shady things or whatever, like like my thing is like what if I found a dead body? And mm-hmm. I always think like, Oh, well I'll just like fucking call the police now, you know, like I'll stay there so I don't look like a suspect, I don't look shady or whatever. Mm-hmm. In the nineties, like it's like what do you do? You fucking page nine one one or uh-huh. like whatever. I don't I mean in worse in the eighties, like what do you do? Go find a payphone and hope yeah. you have change? Like and then at that <laughs> you find point a constable. You, yeah, and then you find like fucking suspect as fuck. Yeah. And it's just like, holy shit, like I don't know, dude. Like you're number one suspect every time. Like, oh yeah. I don't know. Just yeah. sorry. Especially Continue. you. You look all Filipino and shit. Yeah, it's like, uh, sir, Filipinos are definitely <laughs> not royalty. How do you think I felt after 9-11? I got Armenian. You got Armenian? I'm I just thought they, You're off the hook, kid. Get out of here. <laughs> well, when I stay out of the sun, I'm off the hook. Yeah. But stay soon, out of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> when I look more white, yeah. yeah. No, when I do a lot of yard work, I'm, I'm Armenian as fuck. Dang. But anyways... So Andrew Cunanan at this time, like the whole nation is basically looking for him. And like I said, he's on fucking America's Most Wanted. And John Walsh, you know, he's like pumping this out every five seconds. Ew. Number one suspect. Go ahead. We got to do an episode on him. Who, John Walsh? Yeah. 
dude. Like an entire episode on just him. And oh, his... I am down, dude. Sorry. But mark that shit. We'll continue your story. John Walsh, continue to. Anyways, so he's on America's Most Wanted, and, you know, the whole nation's looking for him. He's on local news. He's on national news. He's on world news. Everybody's looking for this guy. And so after America's Most Wanted airs their latest episode on him, somebody in Miami um, says, hey, you know, as soon as, like, the episode's over, they call, like, the 800 number or whatever, and they're like, hey, he's in our sandwich shop right now, and Fuck. he's eating, like, a turkey club or whatever, and he's, like, got a Diet Coke with him. Like, like get him now. Like, he's just biting into it. And so by the time uh, Miami police— Stall him. Yeah. <laughs> Throw him a donut. Just tell him, hey, that's a two-for-one special. You get a free sandwich. You get a free shirt and your picture on the wall. You'd be a fool not to eat the second sandwich. Yeah. So Miami police, by the time they show up, they miss him by three minutes. Oh, yeah. You so didn't get that second sandwich. No. So at this time, they know he's in Miami. So Miami, he's you know, it, they're they're like combing it over and 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 over again trying to find him. And it's funny because all this happened in May of 1997, and so May, June, July. He's staying at this um, hotel mm-hmm. under his own name, Andrew Cunanan. He's been there for three, like two and a half months. He's out and about every day. You know, he's active in the gay community, going to clubs. You know, <laughs> he even tries to sell some coins that he stole from like um, a kid uh, from a Lee Mig- <laughs> <laughs> No, he like when he was at Lee Miglin's house, he stole like all these like precious gold coins. He pawns off like a couple of these gold coins, uses his name. Uh, they take a copy of his passport, they fingerprint him, they get all the information on him, and he's just basically hiding in plain sight all the while everybody knows he's probably in the area or whatever. And the way they explain it in one of the documentaries is is that he was in Miami Beach, which is only basically five blocks. The city of Miami Beach is basically only five blocks. And so this whole time, they estimate that he's stalking Johnny Versace, who they say that he had a previous relationship with when he moved up to San, San Francisco. So he's stalking him, and I guess Johnny Versace had this routine is, you know, he would, you know, walk down Ocean Avenue, and he'd walk down to the newsstand, maybe like two or three blocks down the uh, road, pick pick up a couple of world, you know, newspapers, like some from his hometown in Chiapa, Italy, or wherever he's from, or whatever, read the London Times, the Paris Times, or whatever, sit there at the cafe, and then walk back and, you know, go play tennis with his friend. And he would do that, like, that was his ritual, like, almost every day. And so I guess they said Andrew would watch him do this, like, you know, here and there, you know, per eyewitness events, for, like, almost two and a half months. And so finally one day, Andrew just walks up to him, and as soon as Johnny gets back from, you know, reading, you know, the newspaper, and shoots him two times in the back of the head. And the guy that Johnny would play tennis with runs out and sees Andrew just staring at his dead body, you know, all the blood pouring out and stuff, just watching him just like with a smirk and smile on his face. And he goes, hey, you, get over here, and like chases him down. And um, all of a sudden, Andrew stops in the middle of the street, points the gun at him, and then the guy, I guess, you know, he runs off or whatever. And so it's like kind of like it reminded me of – uh, Richard Ramirez, you know, when he finally got caught, like yeah. when everybody was chasing him or whatever. So I guess like everybody just started chasing him, police start chasing him or whatever. And magically, he actually outruns everybody. And they can't find him for almost a whole week. So I guess eight days later, um, they get a tip 
that, you know, they heard a gunshot in a houseboat. And they're like, oh, my God, you know, like at this time, everybody's all hypersensitive about, you know, any gunshots in the area or anything like that, because, you know, this guy is still on the loose, you know, every night he's still on the news. You know, there's, you know, hey, we got a tip of him over here at the Foster Freeze Donuts or whatever. We got a tip. He's over here at the sandwich shop. We got a tip. He's over here at Walmart or whatever. And so um, they get a tip. You know, they heard a a gunshot at um, this houseboat. And so one of the neighbors in the houseboat, they say, hey, you know, I can tell that they're listening to the news footage because it's like blaring on the houseboat's TV. You can hear like all the news coverage going on. And so like everybody goes, the FBI, you know, snipers, you know, they got all the whole street blocked off or whatever for about a couple hours. They throw like six or seven cans of like tear gas and um, mustard gas in there and like there's no activity, but they still hear the, you know, the TV and all the stuff going on. And so they finally, they just assume, okay, you know what, this person probably committed suicide. And so one of the officers, you know, they go in and they find Andrew committed suicide in the, <clears throat> in the houseboat that he stole. I guess, or broke into. Mm -hmm. And um, they said when they found him, he had been making this collage of all of the murders that he had, you know, committed or whatever, just thousands of pictures of just newspaper clippings, just obsessing over, you know, what he had done or whatever. And then they said they had the TV and the radio on, keeping track of all the news coverage that was going on and stuff. So, um, and to this day, they don't know why he killed Versace, um, you know, whether it was, you know, a love spurn thing or whatever. And one theory is, is that it was pretty much debunked once they, once they did the autopsy on Andrew was one of the theories that was going on at that time was that, you know, when they met in San Francisco, you know, a couple of years back, Versace had given him HIV because mm-hmm. the documentary hints that, you know, towards the end of Versace's life, he had contracted HIV or whatever. And that, but by the time they did the autopsy on Andrew, like they found that he wasn't HIV positive at all, but that would have been a motive or whatever. But to this day, they have no idea why he went and killed Versace. The only thing that they think is, is just that he was so spurned by getting, you know, called fat and ugly by that, you know, rich Donald Trump guy that yeah. he just wanted to take down all the like, damn it, Trump, <laughs> all the, all the, you know, rich, gay, successful, you know, millionaires out yeah. there. So, well, I'm sure like. The celebrity aspect of it, of, like, killing someone famous, and then mm-hmm. now he's, like, you know... Infamous for life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. T- what is it, like, 20 years later mm-hmm. or more? And we're still here talking. 21 years later, yeah, yeah and we're still like, talking about it. Man, yeah, it worked. And that's what they said, like, in high school, too. That's what he wanted to be remembered. He always wanted to be somebody that was remembered forever, so... Yeah. Seems like a chill dude. <laughs> By all accounts. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, that's exactly what happened, then. Chill, chill AF is how I describe him. Yeah. But anyways, man, do you have anything you want to add? Uh, no, that's it. Just um, you know, go spade or neuter your pets. <laughs> and uh, and if a Boy Scout comes to your door, don't buy anything from him. Yeah, don't answer the door. Cause you're probably gonna get mugged if it's a Boy Scout. Yeah. They're doing door to door muggings now. That's the, how they assume Andrew Cunanan did most of his dirty work. He was he dressed, dressed as a Boy Scout. A sexy Boy Scout. Yeah. With his chest out. It's hard to turn down. It's fooled me a few times. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, god damn. <laughs> well, that's it, everybody. Uh, if you want to, after hearing all that, uh, just continue to subscribe and like our shows. And share it with a friend. Share it with a post office worker. Share it with a male escort. Share it with a silly juke serial killer. Listen to this in the car and listen to it so loud that people next to you ask you why you're listening to it so loud. And then you'd be like, oh, check it out. This is podcast. Let's listen to it. Yeah.
Yeah. A Filipino guy and an Armenian guy. Yeah. They call this the handsome. The handsome ramblers. <laughs> American <laughs> handsome ramblers. <laughs> Damn it. Anyways, everybody, have a good day. Good night. Good day.